Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 415. Patience, be patient, and let the car do the work for you. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Nate Tennis. Nate, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yeah, let's do this. All right. Great to have you here. Nate Tennis is the lead instructor at Dirtfish Rally School in Snoqualmie, Washington. At Dirtfish, they build rally cars and teach people how to drive them. They create custom security programs, they hold corporate events, and they know how to have fun driving in the dirt. They compete in the Cascadia International Rally Championship and the Red Bull Global Rallycross Light Series. Nate has won multiple two-wheel drive championships, and he's a respected veteran in the rally community. He's been a professional driver and an events manager, and he's also competed in the Baja 1000. So Nate, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you as you take a moment and share a little bit more about your career, your passion for automobiles, and your love for driving really fast in the dirt. <laughs> Absolutely. Man, I, I sure sound fancy. <laughs> well, you are <laughs> fancy, man. You're out there having fun, man. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, my my love and passion for for rally driving and sliding around started at a, a pretty young age. Um, I was lucky enough to have uh, a lot of cars around growing up. My my dad and my uncle are both uh, big time car buffs and have uh, both uh, within them they both have a, a quite an extensive collection of some pretty interesting cars, shall we say? Cool. Um, a lot of them. Being two cycle sobs. Oh which wow! Is a bit offbeat, but uh, yeah, I think fantastic so. Machines, and, yeah, fantastic machines, and, and a lot of fun to, to to drive around and and I guess really that's how rallying got injected into my family was through Saab because Saab started off rallying to prove themselves and prove themselves as a as a worthwhile car and even won the Monte Carlo Rally back in the sixties and and really used rallying as a way of developing themselves and, and proving that they were a sturdy car. Right. So my uncle got into rallying and, and started rallying for Saabs. He worked for uh, a number of Saab repair shops, and, and uh, he won a national rally championship in the mid-'90s when I was at a very 
impressionable age of about 14, 15. So cool. needless to say, it was easy for me to get hooked with rally stuff for sure. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, so many manufacturers started in rally. I mean, even Porsche back with the uh, early 911s with Vic Elford and we saw Lancia and Audi, of course, yeah. the famous Audi uh, four-wheel drive Quattro. So uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool when you most people that don't know a lot about rally racing don't think of Saab in that way, but it had quite a prestigious history. Yeah, they they actually have, and it, it's been interesting to have a car that that well, most people think it's it's the wife or the girlfriend's car, and, <laughs> and so it's it's been interesting to show up with oh, we'll say less than impressive machinery, and it's a very solid platform to run with, and and uh, actually is is quite competitive. So it's fun to to change perspective and and raise some eyebrows with. Uh, with something that's a bit unexpected. Yeah, I'll bet. Well, before I ask you this next question, I'd love for you to maybe take a moment and tell our listeners a little bit more about Dirtfish because my understanding is if I want to go up and learn how to drive a car in the dirt like a rally driver, and either whether it's just casual to go have a little fun or maybe really start to learn to start driving and maybe start competing, what do you guys do for, for us enthusiasts up there at Dirtfish? Well, we share seat time as enthusiasts. To, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. we're we're still incredibly excited about it. We're we're pretty young. We're five years going now strong. We started in 2010, uh, and the idea was we had a nice open area uh, to train with, and we had a bunch of serious rigs to to start out with. So we started out with all-wheel drive Subaru STIs, and now we last year added in rear-wheel drive as well uh, as a different dynamic. And also another challenge, uh, and and something that applies to a lot more regular style racing, if you will, uh, which would be rear wheel drive stuff. Not a lot of people have all wheel drive experience, but more people who race tend to have a lot more rear wheel drive experience. Sure. The idea is that we can take anyone who's just looking to tick a box off of a bucket list of something fun to go try out for an afternoon or even just a couple of hours, uh, all the way up to someone who's a serious professional driver who's looking to get better or break into a new series involving loose surface or in in all honesty, it doesn't even need to involve loose surface. We have a lot of road racers who come in and and learn to drive a car better just simply because you quote unquote lose control of a car and and have it slide around. It's a lot more of a safer, slightly slower environment rather than worrying about wadding up your Porsche at 130 into the wall. I hate it when that happens. I just hate it when that yeah. happens. Oh, yeah, no, we won't talk yeah. about that. Luckily, I've never done yeah. that. But uh any rate, well, it sounds like a, a huge amount of fun. Uh, it's got to be absolutely thrilling for both the people that don't have any skill set, but they can go up there and do it to people that are professionals that want to get better. So sounds great. Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote. This is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah i know you love to drive so nate take the wheel (laughs) all right well my my inspirational quote it's often very common in rally and that's never give up (laughs) Uh, there you're often out in the middle of the woods and you don't really have a choice to just call AAA, or uh you may not even have cell reception so yeah get creative if you can tie a stick onto the rear axle and drive the car out, <laughs> there you go. Never give up. You know, um, yeah, that's a great saying. I've heard. I've had a lot of racers as guests here, and you're you're so right. Never, ever, ever give up. To quote Winston Churchill, there might have 
been another never ever in there when he said it. But, uh, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, so important. And when you guys teach people to drive, do you also teach them any other skill sets, mechanical skill sets or anything? So if they are stuck out in the middle of nowhere, they have some kind of idea of how to fix things? Well, sure. We we focus mainly on the driving aspect just because that's uh, so involved mm-hmm. and that's what they're mainly there for. But through a lot of uh, at least understanding sympathy with the car and, and vehicle systems and you understand how things work because that's that's kind of a, a black art in rally honestly is to be able to repair the car in a short amount of time in the middle of nowhere yeah. so uh, endurance is a huge factor with rally so if you have an issue don't give up. Don't wait for the tow truck. Put the sucker back together and go for it. Yeah, that tow truck's probably not going to show up. So, <laughs> Not for several hours, anyway. Not for a while. Yeah, bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a moment in your life when you really knew that you were a car guy? I was born into it. I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> well, that's honest. not bad. My dad... Yeah, exactly. My dad uh, actually has two major passions, aside from my mom, uh, and that <laughs> is, is music and cars. So the music was there. I never really got that interested in it. Uh, I have a huge appreciation for music and musicians, but I really fell in love with cars and being able to tinker with stuff and still have my Matchbox car collection from when I was a little kid. Cool. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, and then uh, I ended up getting a go-kart, and that pretty much sealed the deal. Yeah, I've had and, many, uh, many guests who uh, the craziness started with a go-kart. Yeah, and there's some pretty good <laughs> pretty good stories on this this show. Um, Chris Constantine builds some of the best simulators in the world, and his dad was on the show as well. And they both talked about his days as a little kid just going crazy down roads. And Bruce Canepa's been on the show, <laughs> who is a great driver and builds some great cars. So, uh, yeah, you're right there in a good company, I think, Nate, <laughs> with the go-kart stories. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, what I'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a, a huge challenge you faced along the way in your career, or better yet, a big failure. And the most important part of this has to do with how did you overcome that situation and what did it teach you? Well, that's a that's a very good question. I guess the biggest challenge that faces most uh, would-be race car drivers is, is financial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can almost never put too much money into racing. <laughs> you can lose a so, lot in racing. <laughs> you sure can. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So it, it's always a, a constant struggle to come up with funding um, and, and to have uh, an inability to, to fuel your passion just simply for financial reasons can be very, very challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, so it may mean that you, well, I at least will sit out for a season or sit out for uh, an event or sit out for a couple of events or something like that. And and the big challenge is is not racing when everyone else is. And and to sit on the sidelines is is terrible. In fact, I have a really hard time going to at least local rallies anymore, regional championship events, just because it it, it just hurts, to be honest. Yeah, I understand. I want to be out there. I want to be doing that. That guy gets to do it because he has more money or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> so <laughs> I understand. Um, it, it falls back to the mantra of of never giving up, mm. and I'm still putting the car back together after a roll from two years ago. Oh, ouch! And it's 
it's delayed. It's very much delayed, but I'm still plugging at it and I'm not giving up the dream. You know? <laughs> there you go. Good for you. You know, again, I've heard that. I, I had Lynn St. James, who's, uh, gosh, raced at the Indy 500 seven, eight times. Yeah. And she talked about early in her career when she was trying to go pro and knocking on doors, trying to find sponsors. And she got to one point where it was just about, I, I'm done. I can't do this. There's just nobody interested. And then the next day, yeah. the phone rang. And yeah. I think it was J.C. Penny said, we'll sponsor you. <laughs> and boom, <laughs> there she was. She was at Indy. So great attitude. Cool. Don't give up. Absolutely. You know, and even Ari leyendijk has been a guest on the show. He had the same story, you know, trying to yeah, find sponsors, awesome. knocking on doors. And he literally had gone to a city to talk to a sponsor. They said no. And he was standing in the lobby of his hotel ready to go home and just give up. And some guy walked yeah. up and said, hey, are you Ari Leyendijk? I need to talk to you. I think we might want to sponsor you. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. So like yeah. a race, never give up. Great attitude. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments for you, a time when the headlights come on and illuminate your way for this new focus, this new direction you have, this new pivot. Tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Well, there are a couple of factors. I was a, we call him in the business, a schlepper. <laughs> and that is someone who, who assists in delivering vehicles to journalists so that they can do uh, car reviews and that sort of thing with them. Oh, okay. And along with that, we did the company I worked for. We did uh, we did automotive events as well. So I think there are several aha moments when uh, start to learn that hey, I can do this. These are respected people in the automotive industry, and you talk to them. You have sim- similar interests. You have similar mindsets. And at the same time, you're you're doing the same thing that they're doing, if not perhaps a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And there are moments there where you get solid encouragement that you can do this. Not only can you do it, but you can be good at it. Yeah. Those are several along the way. And then the opportunity with Dirtfish came about with that as well. And I, I learned a lot through uh, helping journalists drive on tracks and setting up the track events that way and instructing on them. And that allowed me to have a foot in the door for uh, for Dirtfish, which was an amazing opportunity as well. Yeah, very cool. How about proudest career moments? I'm sure you've had many, but is there one in particular you'd like to share with us? You know, most recent, just like everyone always remember, you're only as fast as your, your recent race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one for sure was the Baja 1000 that, that just, uh, happened a couple weeks ago, and that nice. was we finished in class 11. Class 11 is the extreme underdog. It is an air-cooled Volkswagen Bug, and it has very few allowed modifications. So it's full fenders, running bumpers, and not a lot of power, <laughs> not a lot yeah. of help of its own. And we finished. And wow. We finished, first in, we finished first in our class as well. Awesome. The only funny thing was, it was five hours after the race was already over. <laughs> well, well, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to this, and I've had several people on the show here that are have, have been heavily involved in the Baja 500, 1000, Marty Fiolka, Sal Fish, and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the stories that you hear from those guys and the challenges of that race. And I'm sitting here trying to imagine you in a pretty much street stock VW Bug. Trying to drive yep. through that, I don't even know how you even got halfway through, much less finished, albeit a little late, but that's tremendous. Yeah, yeah. so 
I don't know how we finished either, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the the team that I worked with is CBCF Racing, um, mm-hmm. and how I got connected with them was uh, Paul Nolo, the the main owner and the main driver of record. He came through and took a one day class here, and we stayed in touch a little bit. And and you know, as as everyone who finishes, you give them a handshake and say, hey, you know, let me know if you need a hand with anything. Right. And he involved me with the, with the team, and we got involved. And, and um, the coolest thing about those guys is, uh, the, the team that is, the coolest thing about them is at that time, there was a 17-year-old kid in high school who was doing the Baja 1000. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, I came in to, to offer as much advice as I could from my experience, although my the first time I had ever gone to Baja was with them. So mm-hmm. we were Yeah. We were all all flying blind and uh the first year we did it, two thousand thirteen, we got stuck in the desert and had to spend the night <laughs> in the desert and everyone had already gone home and the race was over and we were stuck in the desert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that's how serious that race is. I mean it's you you talked about it earlier, not having triple A or sometimes not even having cell phone. You're down there all on your own. <laughs> and let me tell you, there is nothing quieter than the Baja Desert in the middle of the night when you realize the car just stopped. <laughs> Except for those coyotes that are getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw a chupacabra as well. Uh, well, could be. You know, I, I used to go down to Baja a lot as a kid. I grew up in San Diego. We'd go down there camping. We'd go down there surfing all the way down to the tip of Baja and uh, it's a it's a beautiful place out in the middle. I mean, the stars like you've never seen, but it's quiet. You're pretty lonely. <laughs> Not yeah, a lot of help. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Oh, definitely. That's really cool. Congratulations for finishing that event, especially in that kind of vehicle. Uh, absolutely tremendous. And speaking of vehicles, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special vehicle? And maybe you could share a memory you had with that car. Sure. My my first special vehicle that was all mine where I really started to learn how to push limits was uh, was my go-kart. And it was absolutely nothing special. It was not a racing cart. This was like a backyard, five-horse bridging Stratton, let's go. Yeah, I had <laughs> let's one. go tear up, <laughs> tear up the lawn sort of a thing, yeah. Yeah. And we had uh, had a gravel road behind my house that uh, it was actually railroad tracks. So it was just a, an abandoned railroad grade that was all gravel and just used to spend all day sliding up and down with that thing. And even I'd get home before my parents would, and, and uh, my best friend growing up, Blake, his grandfather used to help us fix it. We'd tear the front end off of it doing something stupid, and he'd tear out the welder and weld on the front end for us again, and we'd go back at it and shred <laughs> tires for, for as long as we could. Well, I can see the the roots that started your love for rally racing started on a an old gravel road with a little go-kart. Very cool. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I love it. How about a vehicle that you've owned and let go that you really wish you had back in the garage? <laughs> well, funny enough, I just got one that's similar to it just a couple months ago, but it was uh, the mid-'80s Audi 4000 Quattro. Oh, and, uh-huh. uh The one I got, it had, I think, 320,000 miles on the odometer when the odometer broke. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And I got it for free from a family friend. And, man, that thing went everywhere. It was so much fun. And it was one of those that you didn't care about. So if you, yeah, if you went a little bit far into the bushes, yeah, it's okay. No big deal. (laughs) Not a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, cool. And, yeah, uh, great fun. Absolutely love the thing. And I, I just picked up another one recently, and I'm having fun with it again. Awesome. So, awesome. Reliving a little youth there. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's awesome. How about current projects? What are you working on today that really has you really excited and fired up? Well, I'm uh, I'm rebuilding extensively my rally car that I rolled uh, two years ago, mm-hmm. which is uh, a 70s vintage Saab, and <laughs> we rolled it pretty good, and mm-hmm. that was kind of the, the end of that one. So I went on that slippery slope of, hey, while it's apart, I'll do this, uh, and Uh-oh. hey, while it's apart, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's basically a couple of pieces of, of Swedish steel that are barely held together uh, that I'm hacking together to put back. Uh, and have running for for next season, awesome, the uh, 2016 season. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to getting that thing together, and, and that's the uh, that's the key to me getting out in the woods more and driving in rallies. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. Oh, I'll bet. Well, we're all rooting for you. We can't wait to see that car out there in the <laughs> woods and watch you go by. This time, just keep it on all four, okay? <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough. I watch rally racing on you know Facebook and YouTube, and I just I can't believe the stuff I see. It's just absolutely phenomenal. The skill set, the razor edge driving that rally drivers do, it just amazes me. It's like watching MotoGP to me, these guys on motorcycles. And yeah, I, absolutely. I, I watch them and I go, how are they doing that? It's just a skill. Right. Man, seat time, seat time. Now, here's a very yeah. introspective question for you, Nate. I love this question. Okay. If you were a car, okay. what kind of car would you be and why? That's a tough one. You know, I, I, I thought about that question for a long time, and, and uh, I don't know that the car especially uh, exactly has been made yet, but I guess I would have to, I'd have to say a type of rally car of some sort. I really love all-wheel drive for its versatility. Mm-hmm. I like turbocharging for its uh, versatility also and its performance gains, and also I suppose we should think of the environment and think about economy. Mm-hmm. Um, something perhaps with a back seat as well. So I, I tend to always gravitate personally toward some sort of a rally-based car mm-hmm. um, because I think they end up being a bit more practical. So yeah. that's why I really like uh, like the old Quattro, despite its <laughs> constant ability to fall apart. <laughs> yeah, they had some tough times back then. They certainly have turned everything around now. But my parents, when I was a Younger kid, I think I was a young teenager, we had an Audi 100 LS, I think it was. Oh, okay. Oh, horrible car. Just horrible car. Yeah, that's that's about the epitome of the bad stuff right there. (laughs) It abandoned us in the middle of the desert near Yuma, Arizona, on the way to Thanksgiving in Tucson from San Diego. And (laughs) Yeah, we sat out there in the desert, my mom crying, going, we'll never get to Thanksgiving and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, uh, tough car, tough car. But they certainly have come around. Audis nowadays are just awesome vehicles. They just uh, yeah, and the legacy yeah, of absolutely. off-road driving is uh, wonderful. So right, they need to get back into it too. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so Nate, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsor. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations, you're ahead of most people. But what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Christopher Kimball, Certified Financial Planner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN or visit his website at ChristopherVKimball.com. You can find links to Chris at CarsYeah.com 
on the show notes page. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders or 12 or 16 or whatever you love to drive. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member Finris, SIPC. Okay, Nate, we're back and we're entering the last lap. You're a racer. You know what this means. Time to put your foot into it. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And you give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So you ready? Perfect. Let's go. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Be prepared. Mm, Yes. (laughs) So important. (laughs) I think in anything, it all comes down to preparation. And that's what I've had to learn the absolute hard way. I'm a terrible procrastinator, so I'm the guy who's still like putting the engine in the car the weekend before the race. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So it's all of that stuff that your preparation that way so that you don't have anything to worry about. Then you can focus on the mental preparation and, and focus on your performance that way. And then should anything go wrong, you have contingency plans in place so that you're just basically prepared the whole time. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you're not surprised. There are so many surprises that happen on a rally event anyway that being able to be prepared for that stuff is is really what the the key to success is in, in definitely loose surface driving anyway. Yeah, you know, I don't know if it's Mur- Murphy's law or, or what, but I've I've not ever raced rally. I've raced vintage cars, and I've done a lot of tours and things, and I found that yeah. if you all the things that you bring to be prepared for something going wrong, you never need. So <laughs> Be prepared is, is a way to make sure the whole event goes really smooth. And that's why I basically fit my entire garage in a van. <laughs> yeah. Because you know whatever you don't bring is exactly what's going to fail. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success over the years? Try not to burn any bridges with anyone as mm. best I can. The motorsports world is pretty small. The car industry, automotive industry, is very small also. And you never know when... A burnt bridge can turn into an issue for your own personal gain some sometime down the road. Right. And you also never know that that one friend that you had five years ago can suddenly uh, be key to your success as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I think don't burn any bridges and, and, and be nice to people. Yeah, it <laughs> works pretty well for everybody, doesn't it? And a lot of people don't know yeah. that lesson. They learn it the hard way. Do you have a resource <laughs> that you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? That's a good question. You know, I Ross Bentley was involved with the rally school, uh, Dirtfish, in the very beginning. Um, and, and I had heard of him before through his Inner Speed Secrets books. And I really uh, enjoyed them and appreciated them beforehand. And I'm not endorsing them. <laughs> I don't get anything out of it either. <laughs> but I thought they were a great series of books because it starts to focus on the mental aspect of, of driving versus just the mechanical stuff, which most racing books uh, cover. Yeah. And that is a huge aspect of it. Yeah. And it also asserts motorsports and racing as an actual physical sport versus mm-hmm. just the other stuff, which makes, from the outside, everyone just thinks that it's, uh, you know, you're sitting in a car and it's doing all the work. But right. it's it's a physical, physical, mental sport. And I think those were the first books that I ran across that really validated that and and put some substance to the mental 
side of, of racing. Right. Absolutely. Ross has been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, I subscribe to his blog or his emails that he send out, Speed Secrets. I enjoy reading them, even though I'm not racing currently. Great books, great guy, great resources. And it's uh, I, I just love the way he describes things. He has guests that come in. Some of my guests who've been on Cars, yeah, have been contributors to his writing to help people learn to be better drivers. And uh, for anyone who hasn't gotten in a race car and raced, once you do, you realize how physical it really is. It's exhausting. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially a Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, in the desert. Even worse. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll remind our listeners you can find all these great resources Nate has shared with us at carsyacom slash Nate Tennis. And Nate's last name is spelled T-E-N-N-I-S. All right, we are up to the checkered flag, Nate, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only one collector car, and I'll I'll include collector race car, and I'm not talking about your race car. That's different. This is something fun, a toy to have in the garage, so you can keep your race car. Don't worry about that. But money (laughs) is no object. I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like. So what would that one vehicle be and why? I'm going to let you buy that car for me. You are? Okay. <laughs> you know, what's funny is uh, the owner of Dirtfish here, Steve Rimmer, has a collection of rally cars and rare cars. So I actually get to see my dream car every day when I walk through the door. Oh, nice. And that is a 1986 Ford RS200. Ooh, and okay. And this one is an Evo S, which means it has all the power and all the fancy bits. Wow. So it is... Uh, it's amazing to to come in and look at something like that, which is, it is literally my dream car, and I get to see it every day. Ah, oh, well, that's cool. Well, see, I don't have to buy it for you. It's already there, so I guess I'm off the hook. Yeah, yeah but I don't I don't get to drive it, though. All I get to do is look at it, so it is a little bit of torture. Okay, <laughs> well, I met Steve years ago, so I'll give him a call, see what I can do, see what I can work <laughs> out for you, see if I can get him to part with that. I have a feeling it's going to cost me a pretty penny, though, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's got some he's got some nice cars. You guys have some beautiful cars up there, and that's a very special car, so I, I think that fits you well. Well, Nate, you have taken me on a great ride through the forest today, down those gravelly roads. I've had so much fun, and I really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey, your off-road journey, with me and the listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off through the forest and the trees in that Ford RS200 Eagle S? <laughs> Uh, patience. Be patient, and let the car do the work for you. That's, uh, yeah. that's my 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 motto. Great advice. And, uh, exactly. And and let me add another one in there, if it might be better. Utilize good vision. Keep your eyes up and look ahead. Eyes up, eyes up. Boy, how many times did that get yelled in my ear during ra- racing school and and motorcycle <laughs> riding school that I went to? They're always, you know, putting oh, yeah. their, their hand under their chin. Eyes up, eyes up. Look ahead, look ahead. Good advice for everybody. <laughs> hey, what's the best way yeah. for our listeners to learn more about Dirtfish? Uh, best way for listeners to to understand more about Dirtfish is on our website, honestly, and that's just www.dirtfish.com. Easy. Yeah. Uh, and you'll find more info about all of our classes and the vehicles that we have, and we're also adding in all kinds of new cool features involving racing around the world and rally and the cool collection of cars that we have uh, in the showroom as well. Awesome, cool. Well, again, listeners, you can find links to everything Nate's been so kind to share today at carsyeah.com. Just put Nate N-A-T-E in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up. And visit Dirtfish website. It's a really great website. It's really cool. You'll have a lot of fun there looking at all the things that you're, they're doing. And I'll uh, do a shout-out to my my old colleague I used to work with, Jason, who connected me with you. Hopefully he's listening. I know he's up there driving with you guys from time to time. So uh, when you see him, say hello to him for me. 
Nate, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. The pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.